Fear is when we're overwhelmed by life. Faith is when we're overwhelmed by God, by His Word, by His promise. We learnt that yesterday. Today we will learn that assurance is when faith overwhelms our fears. In Genesis 15, Abraham has just trusted the Word of the Lord Christ. In verse 6, he's been given Christ's divine righteousness. In verse 7, he is again assured about the kind of God that the Lord really is. He is the saving Lord who brings helpless people up to share in his life. But Abram has a question about assurance. Do you have questions about assurance? Questions like, how can I know that God really considers me righteous? How can I know that I really have such a gracious God? Well, let's see. Genesis 15 from verse 8. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I shall gain possession of it? Verse 9. So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and ill-treated there. But I will punish the the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking brazier with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land, from the Wadi of Egypt to the great river the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenitzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. There's a mouthful. Now, how can we know, how can we know that we are righteous in God's eyes, that we will truly inherit the promises of God? Well, the Lord's answer is to make a covenant with Abraham. What is a covenant? Well, a covenant is a binding promise that's motivated by unconditional love. Marriage is a covenant relationship. You say, I will love you. You don't say, if you do X, Y, and Z, I will be obliged to love you between the hours of five and seven on a Thursday evening, maybe. Like, that would be a contract, okay? Contracts are tit for tat. You scratch my back and I'll scratch your back. Covenants are based on unconditional love. A covenant says, I will. For better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, I will. Wonderfully, the Lord enters into a covenant with us. The most basic form of his covenant is this. He says, I will be your gods and you will be my people. This is what it means to be righteous before God, as verse 6 spoke of. It's not simply about having a not guilty status before the judge. It's about being united to a righteous husband and sharing in his life and therefore sharing in his status before God. But here in Genesis chapter 15, there are some elaborate and perhaps disturbing rituals that are surrounded with this marriage ceremony. Uh, You see, the aisle down which somebody passes as they make this covenant is strewn not with flowers, but with dead animals. 
From verse 9, Abraham must find sacrificial animals and cut them in half. He must place them on either side of a corridor. And then in the midst of their broken bodies, the Lord, signified in verse 17 by a smoking furnace, a burning lamp, he passes through and he pronounces covenant promises. What's that all about? Well, there's an example of this in Jeremiah chapter 34. It's an ancient way of making an oath. And as you pass between the animals, you're basically saying, you can treat me like these butchered animals if I don't keep my side of the bargain. We have a silly version of this in the schoolyard rhyme, you know, cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Do you know that saying? We're basically saying, if I'm lying to you, you can cut me up. Uh, now, we don't mean it when we say stuff like that, but in the Bible, they meant it. They, they, they meant to say, look, tear me apart if I don't come through for you. That's a serious promise. That's a, that's a covenant promise. But notice what's happening in Genesis 15. The Lord doesn't make Abram walk through the pieces. In verse 12, Abram is completely out of it. He's been well and truly swept off his feet, and he contributes nothing to the proceedings. Only the Lord passes through the pieces. And here's the point. We don't make the covenant with the Lord. He makes the covenant with us. Abram is not pledging to keep up his end. The Lord is pledging to keep up both ends of the covenant. The Lord says to us, if I don't keep up my end of the bargain, you can kill me. And if you don't keep up your end of the bargain, you can kill me. The Lord says, I'll take responsibility for any failure of mine, and I'll take responsibility for any failure of yours. This is unconditional, unearned, unprecedented, blood-earnest, covenant love. The Lord says, if I fail, I'll die. And if you fail, I'll die. But come what may, through bloody sacrifice, through suffering, pain and tears, I will be your God and you will be my people. And of course, we didn't hold up our end of the bargain. We were never going to hold up our end of the bargain. And it did cost him everything. Because there was another day of horror and great darkness. There was one Friday when the Lord himself was torn apart and his blood was shed. This was the blood of the eternal covenant that poured from his veins. We don't offer a drop. He doesn't spare a drop. We deserve to lose our lives. He's the one who gives his life. We're the ones who break the covenant. His is the body that's broken. How can I know? How can I be sure that God is for me? Well, look to the place where the eternal covenant of of God was cut. Look to the cross and see Jesus in deep and dreadful darkness, torn apart, praying, Father, forgive. Look to him and know, though it cost him everything, he will be your God and you will be his people.